Nick's watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nick's is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nick's and Grace. Welcome to episode 28 of There's No Place Like Tara, a Stargate First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace. And today we're going over season two, episode seven, Message in a Bottle, a.k.a. Undomesticated Equines. A.k.a. <laughs> the Andromeda Strain. I like that. Too. Uh, don't but worry, yeah. I'm going to cover that reference in a second, guys. By the way, Undomesticated Equines, name in my new band. <laughs> my it, new band has a hundred names and it, not one song. Is it, the, is it the cover band or something? I, You know, it could be. like It could be like a Doors or like, you know, it could be like a Rolling Stones. I want it to be like a Soundgarden. Well, who is it? Is it the Stones that do Wild Horses? That's the Stones, maybe. right? So maybe it's a Stones there cover you go. band. That works. Done that and works. done. <laughs> I'll work on my moves like Jagger. Oh, God, I feel terrible saying uh, that. Oh, man. <laughs> he does have moves, though. Yeah, he does have some moves. So, uh, Message in a Bottle first aired on August 7th, 1998. The story is by Michael Greenberg, who I think is just a producer at this point, but if not already an executive producer, becomes uh-huh. an executive producer very soon. Interesting. And um, Jared Paul, which... Actually, Jared Paul was in a show with RDA and John Delancey called Legend. If you have not seen that, it lasted for very few episodes in the uh, mid-90s. Please go see it. An an RDA show that I have not watched? Yes. This is going to have to happen. Um... Listen, I don't want to ruin the surprise of Legend. If you have not seen Legend, please go watch it. Okay. Um, I will be doing the same. Basically... I loved Legend. <laughs> it's one of those shows that you forget about for a while. I haven't seen Legend in probably a decade. How long was it? Was it one season? Oh, was God, it? not even a full season. I mean, it's, oh, like, it's, sad like, a, times. it's like a Firefly run. Oh, that makes um, me sad. <laughs> but it's it's pretty amazing. It it actually, now that I think about it, is kind of Firefly before it's Firefly. Because it has oh. a strong... Sorry, that was Kaylee. Kaylee disagrees. She's heard uh, Firefly, and that means we're talking about it's her. It's a strong... Um, <laughs> yes, she thinks we're talking about Kaylee. Uh, it's a strong, like, Western theme with a sci-fi twist. So, oh, that's happening. Sci-fi fantasy twist style? No. Anyways, go watch I don't think guys. I don't think we've uh, we've discussed on the show my obsession with the with the West. Yeah, no, you're obsessed. With the Western frontier, so maybe this needs you're, to happen. You're, yeah. You know, I think I just was meant to be in that time. I, I just want to wear leather. Not meant to be in that and, time. And shoot people at high noon. I may have been meant to be put into <laughs> the, like, Firefly version of back then, but not in actual version No, I would have been awesome no. i would have been i would have been calamity jane at her greatest yeah no i would her worst. i would have died. calamity jane at her greatest been technically calamity jane at her worst i just uh. want her to be drunk and killing people <laughs> that's not too much to ask for and questionably lose morals yeah <laughs> and gold also give me some gold gold um so this was also written by brad wright name we know directed hey. by david Mary smith again we know yes um, first thing, this is not the first thing you think of in this episode, but okay. I just want to get the fact that we have a Siler spotting. Okay. Off. Siler is our fun dude. Our, wait, is Siler? Sergeant Siler. So he's technically RDA. Yes, the, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. That was yeah, just yeah. make sure I got the right guy. Um, but he's just like awesome background. He's one of the main back, he's, he's like, um, he's like Walter in that he's one of our gotcha. key background supporting characters of the SGC and we love him to death. Okay, so. I mean. 
Um, before we even start this, I want to kind of go over the pop culture according to Stargate. Sure. The history according to Stargate. That works. This is basically the Andromeda Strain of Stargate. Uh, I don't know if you've read Andromeda Strain, Grace. I have not. I know who wrote it. Okay. Because Dinosaur Man. Michael Crichton? Yes. <laughs> who is... Listen, he may be like pop writer or whatever. I love Michael Crichton. Oh, I, I don't... Yeah, I, I know love shame, his writing. Things. He's fantastic. Okay, so the Andromeda Strain is one of his, I think, earlier books. It's a shorter yes, book. I think you're it's right. It's really good. Um, it's one of his best-known works besides Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Some of us might <laughs> um, know that one. The, so the basis of this one is a military satellite returns to Earth, and the town that it lands in before the authorities can get there, the town it lands on, everyone is dead by the oh. time they come to recover it. Um, and they act to fight the wildfire protocol. Ah, that um, sounds familiar. Yes, which is, I assume wildfire in this episode is a shout out to this. Because uh-huh. wildfire in the book is a group that deals with essentially extraterrestrial biological infestations. That can spread Basically, like wildfire. Basically, extraterrestrial viruses. Gotcha. Um, eventually, the microbe is nicknamed Andromeda. And they find it has limitations that it can grow in. Um, okay. It's not temperatures like they see in the show. I'm trying to be cryptic because I really sure. want you guys to go out and read this book and I don't want to spoil it. I kind of want to read it right now. Yeah. I'm about to have like a six hour plane ride. You can borrow mine. I, I have it. That. You can just borrow That might be a thing. <laughs> I, I actually have my dad's copy of the book. <laughs> oh, I love correctly. it. Yeah. Um, um, so there's also a self-destruct bomb in play. Mm. Andromeda also feeds off energy. They can't let the bomb go off oh, for that the sounds same familiar. reason. Yeah. Um, but it's a highly recommended, I, like I said, I don't want to go into it too much. I don't want to spoil things. But there's this is definitely the Stargate reference love letter to Andromeda Strain. I dig it. I'm so, all for this. Yes. Um, we start the episode in what looks like the moon. Yeah, we, we start the episode in Doctor Who land, as bartender Nick stated. <laughs> he goes... I'm pretty sure he was waiting for Matt Smith to come out of that suit. <laughs> but yeah, we do. We start off planet. We're quickly assured that it's not the moon, but I'm pretty sure they just use moon photographs yeah. as a backdrop. Yeah. Pretty sure it's actually the moon that they're saying is not the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we're in spacesuits. Let's just get this out of the way right now. <laughs> yeah. The history of spacesuits, everyone. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> were you waiting? I, I knew this would happen. I was like, she doesn't even have to research this one. <laughs> this is just coming off of her brain the way DuckTales roll. Out of mind. I did do a little bit of research for this one. At least I wrote <laughs> down my thoughts. So I'm gonna just gonna go through a couple of the more iconic spacesuits. Um, okay. These all happen to be uh, NASA U.S. Uh, spacesuits. Okay. Um, I there's also you know Russian cosmonaut suits that they're still being used. They're fairly iconic. I'm just going over the NASA ones. Okay. Um, the first one you think that people think of because it's I guess the most sci-fi futuristic are the Mercury suits. Okay. These are the silver ones from oh, yes. um, the Mercury missions. They're modified Navy Mark IV high altitude pressure suits. They're technically just glorified like flight test like test pilot suits. Okay. They weren't made to go in space. They modified them to go in space, but gotcha. um, the original ones weren't. They're just high pressure, meaning like for underwater use? No, they're meant for the high altitude. Oh, gotcha. Um, okay. Like a lot of the the high altitude um, planes even today, Sure. you yeah. have to wear a full, like B-2 bombers, things like that. Yes, you yes, have to yes. wear um, special suits for. That makes sense. Um, 
I think the most iconic, what most people think of, are the Apollo suits. Now, that's my big giant backpack suit, right? Uh, yes. Okay. If you're actually neat, yes. Okay. Uh, but they didn't wear the big giant backpack when they're being launched or anything. Right. That's mainly if you're doing extra vehicular maneuver. Gotcha. Or on the moon. Okay. Um, so the original Apollo suits were upgrades from the Gemini suits, actually. Okay. Um, which Gemini is twins, which means those are the yes. flights that had two people in them. Ah, afterwards. Yeah, it wasn't. Didn't happen to be their star sign. No, no, dang. No. Okay. Um, and actually, those were redesigned after Apollo One and the tragic deaths of Grissom, White, and Chaffee because they were found to be highly susceptible to fire, and the fire burned right through them during oh, wow. the Apollo One fire. So, what's our chronological order here? Is Mercury suit the first one? Yes, okay. because those Mercury's are the first Americans in space. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and then Gemini. These are all sort of in, in oh, timeline so order. Mercury, Gemini, Apollo. Sorry, Kaylee's very uh, barky today, so we may have a couple more interludes of, of Kaylee in this podcast than usual. <laughs> um, and so after they redesigned them after Apollo 1, we enter the A7L, which is called, and that's what most people think of when they think of the Apollo uh, space suits. Right on. They're the ones you see in the Apollo 13 film. Okay. They're the ones you see Apollo 11 on the moon wearing. Those are our Neil Armstrong Buzz Aldrin They're the Neil Armstrong okay. Buzz Aldrin suits. They also lasted through the Skylab missions. Oh. Um, which, if you don't know Skylab, there's three missions. It's the first um, space station, basically, mm-hmm. uh, or at least American space station. It was a modified Saturn V rocket. Um, these are, like, really hard to maneuver in. Like, even even spacesuits today, it is a full body workout, fingers included. Like, it is pressure yeah. to even move your fingers Goodness to work in these. Me. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at those big, giant, gloved hands, they don't look Well, it's also use. because they're they pressurized. They look like they could pick up Thor's hammer with that. Yeah, thing. and it's also <laughs> pressurized, so it's literally, sure. like, working against everything just to move. Yikes, Which yeah. is why when they train in them, they train in a giant pool of water. The next iconic ones, corner of the orange pumpkin suit, as it's called, quote-unquote. Yes, okay. These are the... Um, ACES, A-C-E-S, Advanced Crew Escape Suit. Um, These were basically, these are like the space shuttle launch and landing ones. Okay. Okay. They're basically super proud versions of, for that time, the high altitude pressure suit. Um, The original ones were called the LES, the launch entry suit. They were very, very similar. They were still orange. Okay. Um, And they actually didn't really wear those um, past, like, the first test flights of the shuttle. Okay. Um, They started back up wearing them for every launch and landing after the Challenger disaster. Okay. Um, So these were were supposed to be replaced by the Constellation spacesuits, but the whole Constellation system was canceled. Okay. I will not go into that. Uh, um, <laughs> and they're basically planning, they're planning on like an improved modified one for the Orion missions. Okay. So now, so is that orange spacesuit the same one our guys are wearing now? No, because okay. the ones that our guys, because the U.S. does not have a launch system capable of carrying humans into space currently. Okay. That's the whole thing. What, the Constellation was supposed to replace a space shuttle. Okay. This constellation system was canceled, and the space shuttle still ended. Oh. So we, whenever we launch them into space, yes. we pay. We basically pay Russia money, and we lease a spot on a Russian oh. launch. So the, sh- the 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 outfits they wear now are actually Russian designs. So our guy who just came down recently was yes. wearing Russian designs. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember his name because my Kelly. friend keeps thank you so much <laughs> because I know he's got a brother and I'm like I have no idea which Kelly he is. <laughs> I'm gonna say the wrong one. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's um. 
we currently, until Orion goes up, which is probably going to be, I think, the first man missions planned for 2018. The first, Ooh. no, the first unmanned test around the moon, I believe, is 2018. And I believe it's shortly after that's going to be the first uh, manned mission. Oh, right. Until Orion is up and running, the U.S. does not have a launch vehicle that can launch, unless we have one of our private ones go sooner. Okay. SpaceX could be launching people sooner. We don't know. As oh, for, wow. like, official NASA yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. Um, 2018 is the soonest. Is the soonest for a, I think it's an unmanned one around the moon. Okay, cool. Um, anyway, so the other one we think of today, so the, the ACEs, the orange ones, are just for launch and landing. Okay. When you're up there, when you're out in space doing your spacewalks, yep. you're wearing an EMU, an extravehicular mobility unit. Okay. Um, these are the spacewalkers. These are basically descendants of the Apollo suits. Uh, they have also... Also, can, Spacewalkers is also the name of my new band. Yeah, yeah. Write <laughs> <laughs> <Writing> that down. <laughs> um, these are the ones that sometimes you see them. Half the time, they also have the cool jetpacks. Um, cool jetpack is not the technical term. It's actually the manned maneuvering unit. Um, but jetpack is cool. <laughs> um, there's also a few that NASA is officially working on for the future. The Z1 was introduced in 2012. It was nicknamed the Buzz Lightyear because there's these cool, like, elect- electric neon green stripes in it. Is that what I would like to call it? Yes. Yes, if you want to be technical about <laughs> it. I think it has buttons, too? Do you think you, you could accidentally send him into Spanish mode and then he dances for you? Probably not. Toy Story 2, people. I'm guessing yeah. not. Um, <laughs> Dang the, it. The Z2 was introduced in 2014. You think maybe there's a Randy Newman song plugged into it somewhere? Yeah, that one they do. Okay. That one they do, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Z2 was introduced in 2014. Um, this one actually seems like a really super realistic uh, science fiction film. Okay. It's like black. It's like, it looks much more hardcore. Cool. Um... My current favorite spacesuit is the ones from The Martian. Those aren't real. But they're <laughs> super detailed yeah. and look really cool. They, you know, they, they look credible to the to me, yeah. to the layman. They look credible. Um, and there's any number of private companies who are designing their own as well. Dig it. Um, like SpaceX is trying to design their own. That makes sense. Um, needless to say, the ones in this series look really, really cool. I'm waiting for them to start looking like indie racing suits. Yeah. Like just sponsored by everybody. Probably. That's, that's the private ones, yeah. <laughs> Um, but they look really cool until you put them side by side by actual spacesuits, and then the ones in the series don't really look as gotcha. cool anymore. So the people on the moon planet, yes. they've uh, they're they're on has been gone for a hundred thousand years or more. Okay, but they picked up an EM source from the melt. Um, they, they they found the artifact at this point. It's been doing There's something there. Yeah, it's been doing whatever the hell it's doing since Neanderthals were the top of the walk on Earth. Oh, I love I love the little aside here by RDJ. He goes, yeah. Ah, yes, I remember the time. Yeah. <laughs> The good old days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's some tiny marks on the side that Daniel just assumes is writing and yeah. not just a design. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically all it's doing right now is maintaining an interior temperature of 33 degrees Fahrenheit and giving off an EM field and a small bit of alpha, gamma, and delta radiation. So it's basically just asleep. Yeah. It's just in sleep mode. Although, thing to note, it's it's basically a degree above water freezing temperature. Okay. So considering the planet has no atmosphere, that probably is taking a lot of energy to keep uh, it at 33 to degrees. To keep it not frozen. Yeah, that's true. And that's just water freezing. Like, we don't know if there's no water in that's, it. Oh, it's that's not going to freeze. Yeah. So. Huh. Interesting. Um, Carter doesn't know what the hell it is, but it's very advanced technology. Daniel thinks it's a time capsule of some kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you know that the end is coming, you want to leave something behind to tell people who you were. Okay. 
Teal points out that when someone takes a ghouled world, they will sometimes leave something to destroy the Conqueror. Although at this point, that you'd have to assume that we encounter someone that could take a planet from them in battle. From the gold. Right now, like, we maybe could. But, the, uh, yeah, so far, I don't know that we've encountered anyone that well, could actually take them out. Maybe the Nox? The, the Nox, Nox and the Asgard. That. Oh, the Asgard. I forgot about them. That's true. But can they actually take them out, or do they just have a good defense system against I them? I don't know. They kind of just beamed everyone out of the planet That's what I mean. Episode. Like, I think the, the Asgard are more just really good at being evasive. Yeah. And the Nox are just like, please. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I don't even care. We're so much above this, then please. Yeah. Um, and then Teal'c has never heard the word booby trap before. Boobs. Booby. <laughs> Booby. <laughs> We're 12. <laughs> We're 12-year-old boys at that. Booby. Um, and they agree that the possible benefits outweigh the possible risk, and they pack it up, send it home, and they don't realize it's starting to glow as soon as they put it in. Yeah, on, we're just going to, you know, not be observant at all. And just, yep. This thing's not warning us or anything. And credits. Yep. <laughs> so uh, they show back up in the gate room. Mm-hmm. Carter and Daniel order their respective scans of the artifact. Yes. Um, they'd send it to level three precautions. Hammond asks how they went, and Jack says it's one of those small step, one giant leap type stuff. <laughs> so, one small step. One giant leap. In the history according to Stargate segment. Dun, dun, dun. We did already cover that in the... I guess yeah, listen, that one was space science, fashion, according to Stargate. Yeah. <laughs> space fashion. Um, I'm going to so, go with space fashion. <laughs> also, Clint would be so proud of us. <laughs> That's right, I made a fashion reference. Elsa Clint, look her up. She was I know the- <laughs> nothing about fashion. <laughs> she used um, to have a show on CNN, and there'd be models, and they would be walking the runway, I and I name. used to watch them. Also, Clint was just kind of like the person you went to. She's kind of like Edna Mode in the internet. All I know is, is Elsa lets it go. Let's it go. <laughs> Sorry. I apologize. Okay. And we're back. And we're back. So, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind is, of course, the first word spoken on the moon. Some mm-hmm. of the most infamous quotes of human history. But there is back and forth, actually, about whether he didn't say he forgot the word uh or not. If it was oh, like a one small step for a man or just one small step for man. Um, Neil, of course, insists that he did say it. The recorder just didn't pick him up. I've kind of always believed him because our freaking cell phones can miss words that we say. So So why wouldn't something that went to the moon? Exactly. Um, and it's, you know, Neil fucking Armstrong. What is, what, wh- why would he lie about, you know, saying, uh, or not? Um, what's cool, and I didn't actually know this, is that in 2006, uh, a man named Peter Shanford, who is a computer programmer in Sydney, Australia, did an analysis of the recordings, and is his, he, like, owns a company that sort of helps physically handicapped people use nerve impulses to communicate through computers, which is really freaking cool. Um, and they said that they al- a- analyzed the recordings, and they said that they detected the missing uh before man. Ah. Although there's other reports more recently that have re- like processed the recordings and said there is no missing uh. Like, again. Listen, the quote works either way. It's pretty it badass. Is. Like... Really? That's what you're quibbling about? Yeah, like, let's let's. The yeah. man set foot on the moon for the first fucking time. But yeah, let's not. It's Neil Goddamn Armstrong. Are you really going to say that he's lying when he said let's, one small step for a man? Let's not secure it. It's it's factual diversion. Does it yeah. really matter? It doesn't matter at all. 
I just, it's just the fact, I mean, again, there's still people saying that we never went to the moon, so, yeah. Listen, I just watched a lot of Kubrick. Don't, don't get me down that, don't get me down that line. <laughs> because, because my brain's like, well, he's really good. He's he is really, really good, good, but there, there, there's still, there's no way you could have. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how you would have. It's not, it's been proven many times. <laughs> it's, it was not I want to believe, I want to believe. Seriously, people, we went to the goddamn moon. Okay. Other parts of, of sci-fi <laughs> pop culture, you I want, want to believe. You can pick up the signal that's being bounced back, you can bounce something to the landing site, they'll bounce back to you, you can see it. Like, trust me, fucking people, we went to the goddamn moon. <laughs> that's all I'll say on the subject. Anyways. <laughs> Back in the lab, in the episode of Stargate, (laughs) the artifact does have two new elements that we didn't know about till now. Sam and Daniel talk about uh, Graham. It's it's, uh, Simmons. I'm just calling Cram, just because okay. I like the name Graham. Um, Graham has a little crush on Sam. Yeah, I, I wrote in my notes here that Daniel is the worst wingman. It's horrible because he's like, he's like, uh, I think he has a crush on you. And clearly, I think he knows that the mics in the room are being yeah. recorded. Hey, this guy likes you. <laughs> because the You Graham's should do like, something. Graham's like, uh, we're recording. Um, and yeah. Daniel has this like dull look at his face like, Oops. Oh, look, an artifact. Daniel's like the worst. The absolute, like, like he's like your friend. Like, you're at the bar and you're trying to play it cool. And he's like, hey, that guy's totally. Okay, so, like, one time, I must share a story. One time when I was, like, 13, I was at the mall with my cousin Annette. I love you, Annette. Um, and she was, like, what? she was 12. And we were there. And we were there with our mothers because we were stuck there with our mothers. And I you're kept, 13. Yeah, and I was trying to walk, like, not towards him. And then. There was these dudes coming towards us, and my mom's calling me, and she's like, Grace, Grace. And Annette's like, trying to be helpful, sweetest kid in the world. She goes, Gracie, your mom's calling you, and I'm like, I know. <laughs> I'm ignoring her, because there's cute boys over there. And Sam's basically like, Daniel, I fucking know. <laughs> Can you play it cool for half a second? I'm pretty sure at 13, <laughs> I still was like, boys exist? Oh, I I'm knew boys go, existed from, I'm like, the age of nine. I'm going to go back and reading my book now. <laughs> I was, yeah, yeah. I was not actually a tomboy. I was just like, yeah, I'll hang out with the I dudes. think I can count the amount of crushes both... I think <laughs> I, I had far more fictional character crushes than I did real crushes. <laughs> I mean, I had my share of fictional ones, but there was plenty of real life ones. Yeah, no, no. I'm pretty sure I can count real ones, like, on a single hand, and this includes <laughs> actual people and celebrities. <laughs> I had far more, like, fictional character crushes. I mean, there's some good fictional character crushes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, oops. Oh, look, the artifact. Um, so in the briefing room, Daniel's trying to explain what the microtext says. He doesn't know what it says. They're just kind of guessing its instructions. Uh, and he's equivalent to a thousand pages of text just on the outside, he says. Yep. I say a thousand pages of what size text on what size piece right. of paper. Right. Kind of, listen, as someone who's currently in school and doing a lot of writing, what font are you using? Yeah, are, are you, you double space? Are you single space? Are you using <laughs> size 8 font or size 14 How font? big are your margins? Exactly. <laughs> I want to know these. You can't just say a thousand are you, pages Are you of using text. Times New Roman or are you using like a new, you know, like a different type, <laughs> like an Arial font? I mean, if you're using a sans serif font, there's no right. They can get more space because the serifs take up it's a minute amount. But if you gather it up over a thousand pages, anything is possible. That's gonna equal some space right there. 
These are all important questions. This is, yeah, we're, we're <laughs> odd people. So Carter uh, says that Janet is running a positron emission typography scan. Positron. I don't know. It just felt like fun. I love how they spell this out. That's a PET scan. <laughs> like, <laughs> they make it sound. They're like, really? you know, this, this poor writer was trying to find some other way to say this, and he's yeah. trying to look for something to no, say, and he's it's like, a, it's a PET scan. Fuck it. Yeah, I'm um, just going to say which, everything. In humans, that's the one where they inject a tracer dye into your system, yeah. and then they read the gamma rays. That makes you wonder, what does MRI stand for? Do we know what It's that magnetic means? resonance imaging or image. I like that. Like imaging. That yeah. sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's magnetic resonance. I know it's magnetic because that's and the I know the last like, word. Do you have is, any metal in you? Yeah, and I know the last word is. And image. I'm like in my soul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know what the like what version of image the last word is. Is it just image or imagering or imager or something like that? Imager. But I know it's image. Imager without the u. Imager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hammond points out that the NID really wants this thing, mm. uh, and clearly everyone in the room is obviously against that idea, and it does get to stay at the SGC for a little longer for no other reason than that since they don't know what the fuck it is, right. they want to keep it close to the gate in case they have to chuck it through in the yeah. end. Which yeah. they end up doing at the yeah, end. Yeah, well, they so. have to kind of play hot potato with this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crap. Here, you take this. Um, and they enter, they're going to delay their next SG-1's next mission to the primordial world of whatever the hell the mm. number is uh, to let them continuing researching the artifact. So Sam and Daniel are back at it. Mm -hmm. uh, Daniel's trying to figure out what the writing is. Sam is x-raying the thing. Uh, there's something in the text about exponents. Jack walks in with a good morning campers. <laughs> and Daniel and Sam have officially worked through the night. They want to delay the mission a little bit longer. And Jack reminds Daniel that this is a field unit. That's you right. You cannot have it both ways. Yep. You got to do all the kinds of work. Exactly. Suddenly, Graham calls out that there's an EM spike, and the temperature is increasing quickly, up to 6 degrees in seconds. There's alpha particle radiation is up six, 600% and rising still. Mm -hmm. uh, Jack has them call ahead to dial the planet. They're going to toss a sucker right back to the planet. Mm -hmm. The temp is already up to 100 degrees Fahrenheit. It is glowing now, mm -hmm. and it's glowing not light, like lights, not from heat. Mm, okay. Um, so Danny gets to the control room, tells him to style, start dialing the gate. Yep. Teal'c shows up to help Jack carry the thing through the SGC and throw the thing through the gate. Once they get to the gate, it starts sending spikes into the air and through the ground. Oh, yeah. no. They, sorry. It sends a spike out before they start running. Because then yeah. they're running through it because they're holding on to the and spikes. And they're like, oh, crap. Yeah. Um, once they get there, another spike shoots into the floor. One heads towards Teal, but he's able to, like, duck it and weave it. Yeah, because he's uh, that badass. Jack is not as lucky. Nope. It he's gets not him Teal. in the shoulder and carries him all the way to the wall, being pinned in the air yep. uh, against the wall. We have a full alert. We call the medical team. Uh, Jack is in a vast amount of pain. Yes. And calls for Teal to kill it. Um, the one thing that gets me most in this episode is how much pain Jack is clearly in. Yeah, there's, this I don't is, know how he does that. This is not someone who has a low pain threshold. Well, and, and RDA has this ability to make us think, like, he's gonna, like, die. Like, just other from people pain. would be unconscious at this point yeah. in that amount of pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Janet arrives. It's still hot. Um, it's, like, radiating heat. Yeah. too hot to touch. Yeah. 
Um, and it's conveniently cauterized the wound so we don't show blood on this family quasi family television right, show. Well, we Although gotta keep the ratings. We're currently on Showtime. That's true. So why would you care? Um, so how long are we on Showtime? How many seasons are we on oh, Showtime? Through the. <laughs> I'm just wondering how prepared I need to see to be to see Full Frontal again. Uh, you will not see Full <laughs> oh, Frontal <good>. again. <laughs> Spoiler warning. Oh good. I do not actually know this. I think it's. Four or five seasons. Okay, cool. Until we move to Sci-Fi Channel. I could be wrong on that. But, right on. Um, I apologize for all those who are yelling at their uh, mobile devices. <laughs> this Hang right on, now. I can hear you. <laughs> 35, they said. 35. 35? Yep. 35th season? Yep, and the okay. 35th season. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, but it has gone through his scalpula, which will leave a really nice hole in that giant flat bone that's behind your shoulders. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's going to be a nice hole. So, Tilk shows up with a staff weapon, and Jack calls for him to shoot it's it. It's a piercing. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay, sure. I'm you good. You can pierce, just yeah. hang something you know, off that. people pierce everything nowadays. Uh, that would be <laughs> awkward. Yep. Um, the whole time, it's very clear that Jack is just in just sheer pain. Uh, he's literally and also still being held up by this. Yeah, so this which is, is a tearing. whole other kind of pain. Yeah, it's you're, not just the pain going torn. through there, but the fact that he's literally hanging from this yeah. off the wall uh-huh. because they uh-huh. haven't gotten something from to sit on nope, yet. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah. Um, Sam is worried about the energy if you hit the artifact with the staff weapon, but Hammond just notes his, her objections and carries on with it. Right. Um, so Teal'c fires. That's exactly what happens. The energy just travels right down the spike to Jack. Tilk wants to try a different weapon. Hammond, under Sam's advisement, is like, no, we're stopping. Yeah. We're going to try to cut the spike. Uh, you know, it seems very Tilk-like to be like, no, this didn't work. More firepower. Exactly. It seems very appropriate. <laughs> Even though he saw it being transferred down yeah. to Jack. Yeah, it seems very, very caveman-ish, very appropriate to be He's like, like this oh, is more? Gonna, this is going to hurt for a second. We're going to kill it. Yeah, hold it. Hang on. Hang on, because we're going to kill this on thing. something. Yeah. Here's um, some whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be fine. Um, but, you know, we do make a note here, but that the alloy that the artifact is made up of is 700 times stronger than steel. Yeah, that's not good. That's going to take good a while to us. cut through. So in Hammond's office, he doesn't give a shit what Colonel Mayborn has to say. He's not letting anyone in or out of the SGC while that thing's still here. Um, right. Because of what it's done, and they're hoping, um, I think the NID is hoping they can make it into a weapon against the gold. Yeah. Which seems like a very NID Mayborn. Well, yeah, thing they're to very do. opportunistic when it comes to those things, but it's oh, like, yeah. bro, let's figure out what this thing is before mm-hmm. we just decide that we're going to keep it forever. So, um, Daniel kind of really, he, he may, makes a note here that you really wanted this thing to be something wonderful, but Hammond points out that they brought things back from all over the galaxy and one just finally slapped him in the face. Yeah. And he's right. It's a, it's, it's kind of, they've been lucky so far. Yeah. Um, so Daniel and Sam leave to continue their work, and Hammond picks up the red phone mm. and orders wildfire lockdown of the mountain. Yeah. Level four quarantine is in effect, and they are officially on their own internal power and life support. Um, so back in the gate room, we have Siler dun, dun, dun. cutting through the spike. Yeah. Um, Fraser is pumping Jack full of antibiotics to help fight the infection that's now raging through his body, yes. and he has an extremely high fever. Um, Teal'c walks over to Siler and says that his progress is unsatisfactory. Um, but Siler's like, this is the hardest stuff that I've ever come across. And I can't let it go much faster. So Teal'c leaves him to do it. I love this. I feel like Teal'c's like, dude, 
get it together. You need to move faster. And then he's like, but I am moving faster. Yeah, exactly. Okay, never mind. Okay, never mind. (laughs) Um, So in the briefing room, Daniel and Sam are leading a team of people to try to figure out what the fuck is going on Mm. and how to stop it. All they have to work from is what was in the computer before all this started. So there's no assumptions. Don't rule anything out. Mm -hmm. Janet shows Carter something. Um, and actually it's what's in Jack's system. It moves like a bacteria, but it's as small as a virus and has a bit of radioactivity. The fun fact, viruses are 10 to 100 times smaller than bacteria. Oh. Um, but bacteria is a single cell organism and viruses are actually inside of a cell. So that's what she means by it moves oh. like a bacteria. It moves as if it's a single cell and can move on its own. So it's nimble, but it's, it's nimble. big. No, it's small. Oh, it's small. the size of a virus, so it's 10 to 100 times smaller than a single gotcha. cell. But it's able to move on its own, unlike a virus, which has to piggyback inside of one of oh, your cells. Oh, I gotcha. Um, so it's... It, so it's pretty much the worst thing. Yeah. It's the worst thing. And it hasn't just infected Jack. The sample she has is actually taken from his uniform around the wound, and it's just eating mater- eating materials as it goes. So it's just having everything. It's just consuming. It's like the Langoliers. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's totally like the Langoliers. Creepy. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> um, so they bring some UV lights into the gate room, and they see it's not just around Jack and the artifact. It's actually running up the walls and everything. Mm. We actually cut to, and it's actually Graham has it all over his hands as well. Poor Graham. Yeah. So in Hammond's office, Sam's says that it can affect basically anything, including concrete, which, you know, the entire mountain That's is kind of terrible. Of it's kind of the worst thing ever. Concrete. Yeah. Uh, it also has a taste for the base's wiring. It's like termites. It's yeah. basically infected by termites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except termites that eat everything. Right, yeah. Um, and it's going to start to infect the computers and communication soon. And they have nothing that is going to stop it or slow it down. Yeah, here's this thing. It's going to eat us all, all the things, and we're done for. Yep. In humans, at least, tetracycline is slowing it down. Mm-hmm. And so they begin everyone injections of it. Tetracycline yes. is a is a broad-spectrum antibiotic. I know this because I think I've been to, I've had to take it before in my life. I was like, why does that sound familiar? I actually <laughs> I like, know that I, at one point, is have taken tetracycline because it is, uh, it's often used for acne. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, it's one of those ones that you can actually be on sort of for a longer Oh, period. Fun. Yeah, I've had one one of those fun ones like, we don't know what's wrong with you. Have this. Yeah. <laughs> Have this for a while. Um, and <laughs> Janet says they could really use some more of it, but Hammond said, puts his foot down. It's it's wildfire. Nothing comes in or out. Yep. Um, and she says Graham is actually allergic to tetracycline, and she doesn't have any good alternative for it. Again, poor Graham. This and, is my second poor Graham of yeah, the day. And Hammond is like, sorry, I there's you could give me a sob story yeah. protocol. Like, it's protocol. I can't. I can't. No, it's not happening. Yeah. Um, so Janet leaves Hammond to ask Sam honestly if she thinks that they can beat this. And she says, as the colonel always says, never give up. <laughs> and I go, never give up. Never, never surrender. surrender. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we love you, Ellen Rickman, forever. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Galaxy Quest is a woman favorite movie. Moment of silence. Ah! Moment and of silence. Done. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... They consider sending people through the gate, but they don't really know that that's not going to stop the organism from right. following them, and they're just going to infect another world if they did. Everyone on the base is infected already, and some of the antibiotics that are keeping them up and running. And uh, if if they make their stand there, like, 
that's best because they're not going to take it through. There's the really nothing more that they can do. They're stuck yeah. with this. They're all infected. If they take it anywhere, they're just taking this infection with them. Yeah. So they're trying to do what's morally the right call. Yeah. And and she says they're not going to go down without a fight. And Hammond agrees because damn right they won't. There's. I mean, what else are you going to do? Just lay down and be like, well, it's all nap now. Yep. It's all nap time. And like eventually it's going to seep out of the mountains. Yeah. So they're just trying to stop yeah. that. Um, so back in the gate room, Teal'c is watching over Jack, who's even more infected. Thank mm-hmm. you, UV light, for letting us know. Yes. Uh, Teal'c is protected thanks to his symbiote. Way to go, Junior, yeah. as Jack says. <laughs> he also says that... Now, Teal- here's my thing. Is, yeah. Doesn't this mean that also Sam had, has, should have some sort of immunity? Or is it because Jarl's dead that she doesn't? No, it's it's not that. It's it's not just that Teal'c... Had, te- the, the symbiote in Teal'c is actually his immune system. Okay. That's why he's not affected by a lot of things. A lot of times where they had to uh, have biosuits and stuff, Teal'c hasn't had to. It's okay. not the same thing as leaving Naquin in his blood. Okay. Because Teal can't use... So he's this active thing that's yes. basically cycling because stuff out Because Teal doesn't have Naquin in his system Okay, in the, in the same way because Sam can use these devices and stuff. Right, Teal right. can't. It's... For Teal'c, it's much more a kangaroo in his pouch so, type thing. Whereas Sam has, like, the Naquachlorians that yes. we discussed last week. Yes. Teal'c basically has, like, a super awesome liver in the name of Junior. Yes. There okay. you go. I gotcha. There it works. I'm, I'm with it. Okay, let's do it. And one that eventually will grow up and then, you <laughs> Attack know, and eat Attack. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Jack says that Teal'c doesn't have to stick around, but Teal'c says that undomestic wine equines could not remove him. This is my favorite line. And of Jack the starts episode. to correct him, but realizes that Teal'c's trying to tell a joke. And not to make him laugh because it hurts. <laughs> Poor Teal'c. Even in this greatest attempt, it's still like, oh, that was sad. Yeah. Oh, oh. And oh, they have this they have this really sort of touching scene where they bond as friends. And oh, they're like, yeah. you you know, you're my friend. And he's like, You're my friend too. He's like, friend? And you honestly, <laughs> I get this feeling that I'm I I doubt Jack has much of a life outside of this mountain. Well, um, at this point, absolutely not. And yeah. I definitely think that these these two guys are definitely each other's best friends. Yeah, they're bros. They're this bros. Is the closest thing. Like they're yeah. bros. This is yeah. this is a bromance. This is definitely a bromance. Like of bromantic proportions. <laughs> Bromantical proportions. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that's true, because these are the two that, um, you know, while, while Jack does, you know, get around to the ladies now and then, he's not Daniel. No. He's not Daniel. So these two kind of count on each other. There's a little more substance there. Yeah, yeah, Sure, yeah. I dig that. Um, so, meanwhile, Siler's almost through the spear, the mm-hmm. uh, spike. But instead, it just rams further into Jack body so that the part that they cut through is now like past Jack's Yeah, hey, body. that's helpful. And yeah. yeah, pain, more pain. All the things. With some pain after effects. Yeah, here's some pain. pain sandwich for you. Um, Sounds like some sort of wrestling move. Seriously, other the was- pain sandwich! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Everyone else I'm pretty sure would be unconscious at this point. Uh, sure, yeah. Um, not only does Jack have insane levels of pain tolerance... Um, but also RDA has insane levels of pain acting skills. Yeah, now, here's the thing. At this point, wouldn't wouldn't he be on some sort of painkiller? Just some sort of dull, well, something that's the that's thing. I have a hunch he is on painkillers. Okay. And yet this and is still, still the how pain bad he this has. thing is. Yeah. Yikes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I really, I got to give RDA credit for this one. He, he makes it seem like... 
So I've been in hospitals enough. Yeah. I've spent enough time in ERs and in places where I did not want to be. Uh, and luckily, I wasn't usually the person in major pain. It was just like something weird's happening. Yeah. But I got to be around these people that were in pain, and he makes it seem very realistic. I think I think RDA definitely wins the tarot yeah. award for pain yeah. acting. <laughs> I will take that. This is a trend that will not pain, continue. No. Daniel, or, or, or I should say Michael Shanks won it for addiction acting, and <laughs> RDA is winning it for pain acting. Gosh, this is not I a trend. This is not a thing, yeah. <laughs> Not a trend. This is the sad, weird, dark road These we're going down. These are just the standouts. <laughs> no. uh, but yeah, no, I think RDA wins it for pain acting in this. The Tara Award brought to you by There's No Place Like Tara. Uh, um, so back in the lab, Daniel and Sam are still pouring over their copy of the writing on the artifact. Sure. They continue talking about the possible exponential growth curve, and they then, quote, try to, quote, unquote, turn the page. Yeah. <laughs> Long Maybe just, and lonesome yeah. highway, <laughs> East of Omaha. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Bob yeah. Seger rules. I love Bob Seger. All hail Bob Seger. And we're done. They actually say... You should try turning the page, but I shortened that into turn the page. I'm sure. Just yeah, so to make it work. Start so you can sing some Bob Singer at us. Yeah, yeah. You're all welcome. <laughs> I that was all Nixie. <laughs> I, I blame the beer. <laughs> we're drinking the fancy beer. Well, today. okay. So it is, it's not technically fancy beer. What okay. we're drinking has a story behind it. So um, bartender Nick. I everything in our life. Does. Yes. <laughs> bartender Nick and I have a favorite brewery in the entire world. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's very fancy. It's called Hardywood. We love it to death. It is in Richmond. Uh, we Virginia. Had a, we had, for those yes, of you wondering. Sorry. Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> we had our first non-date at Hardywood. Uh, we went to it very often. Um, and we had a number of bottles that we had been aging and we sat on top of our bookshelves. We, however, our house has not had, uh, air conditioning for the past couple days and it got fairly warm in the house. And we discovered this morning when I woke up, and I was like, why does it smell like spilled beer in the house? Because it was an explosion of beer! It was a beer explosion. It was a beer explosion. Halfway through the day, we realized that uh, there was a beer explosion, and there was beer not only dripping down my bookshelves and got into some of my books... But had splattered across the blinds. Here's my theory, people, the that none of that actually happened. Kaylee Sorgi threw a rager last night. Okay. That's my well, theory. Well, she basically reached the ceiling then in her yep. rager. I've seen her. I've seen her and throw socks. it was actually the entire, the bottom circle from the, you couldn't tell anything that happened until you actually got up and started picking the bottles up. The entire circle base of a beer bottle would like cracked there. And so all the beer flew Just out of the bottom. Out. And so now we have to all drink it quickly because who, how dare you So we took some of the ones that were closer to the heat because they were spread out like So what are we drinking? This is actually their Saison from probably three years ago. I like it. It's light. It's kind of blondy looking. This is probably, I don't remember the actual year on this. This is at least a two to three year aged Saison from Hardywood. I like it. It's foamy and beery. (laughs) <laughs> that's it's that is good. the review from a girl that does not know her way around beers <laughs> it is a it's a very tasty there's a lot of like uh hit a star anise in here sure. uh i like it a lot but anyways we we did that and we also did a ton of gardening today so this is that's uh, today's uh, today's drink is a beer yeah today's <laughs> drink is an aged beer that we have to drink because something reasons a beer exploded in our house beer in the explosion of the night. beer explosion, a beer explosion. 2016 Beer explosion 2016. <laughs> 
Uh, if you're anywhere in the Virginia area uh, or D.C. area, go to Hardywood. They have uh, a gingerbread stout that actually was rated 100 out of 100 in Beer Advocate that is like eating a gingerbread cookie frosting and all. And if you can get them to use the word Beer Explosion. Yes. 2016. Yep. That would be amazing. That'd be amazing. Also, please bring me more Hardywood <laughs> because Hardywood. Beer Explosion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Remember um, that time we were watching Stargate? Yep. <laughs> in the infirmary in an episode of Stargate, uh, Janet was is checking on Graham. He is playing it tough. He wants Janet to pass a message to Sam, but Janet says that Sam has to come down in a couple hours and he can tell her himself. Okay, this part was heartbreaking. This part made yeah. me think of, oh, I just lost her name in my mind in Downton Abbey. Uh, it, when Daisy has to go because what's-his-name's dying and he's oh, always been in love with uh, her. Oh, gosh, what's-his-name? <laughs> I just placed his name. But yeah, no, that's he, exactly he, how it he is. Like, he died from It's, it's early. It's like explosion. season two or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's uh, because they end up getting married. Yeah, and, she marries him right before. Basically, and then he's inherits a die farm. Anyway. It took her like four more seasons to realize, hey, I own a farm that I can yeah, retire remember to. Remember that thing I need to do? Anyway, this gave me like a little bit of, of flashes of that's about to happen. <laughs> um, but back in the lab, Sam is coming to the realization that it's feeding off the oxygen as well, like as if it's energy. Because it's right. also feeding up energy. So if they lower the oxygen levels, it should help out. Mm-hmm. But now the organism has gotten into the computers. Um, Sam starts to head out somewhere, like back to the control room, gets in an elevator, uh, which is the way wrong choice when an organism no. starts eating through power lines. This is like the first thing they teach you. Take Anytime stairs. there's power issues. Yeah. Stairs, people. Stairs. She's very lucky. Either way, <laughs> she gets stuck. And luckily, Daniel's on the other side of the door is to help her out of it. Yeah. Um, so Sam and Daniel reach the Which, how lucky that that elevator lines up so perfectly. I know. That I, part I call <laughs> bullshit on. And then Daniel's on the other side. Yeah, just ready to catch her. Yeah. Um, so they reach the control room and they see Teal using a blowtorch on the wall in the gate room to try to slow down the organism. Uh, Sam says that he needs to stop that now. The yeah. only reason it seems like it's working is because the fire is consuming the oxygen in that area. It's actually feeding off the energy of the fire as well. So Teal stops. And they're going to try to drop the oxygen to 8% and see where that puts them. They were put them as dead. Yeah, I was... Okay. I, okay, good. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, no. Let's go. Because S- how no. would you do that without dying? Because naturally, the uh, there's 21% oxygen thereabouts at sea level. Okay. And the amount of oxygen we can survive with actually fluctuates depending on the air pressure around you. Okay. Um, so, like, if you're up really high, you can get a lower percentage just because there's not as much pressure. Okay. Um... Either way, at 8%, you're dead. Yeah, that you're doesn't dead sound at 8%. breathable. No, it's not. And at the very least, you'd be unconscious and gasping <laughs> for air. Um, so suddenly we see the computer is infected by, has activated the wired wildfire self-destruct sequence. Yep. And the inventive containment failure, Hammond explains, wildfire kicks in its own. Um, and Sam says they have to shut it off. And Hammond goes, they have a responsibility to make sure the organism doesn't leave the mountain. And Sam's like, with all due respect, 
Uh, if it feeds off a staff weapon, yeah. what do you think will happen with an auto-destruct goes off? I feel like at this point, her, with all due respect, means, listen, fuckface. Yeah, basically. Are you not says. paying attention to what I just said to yeah. you? <laughs> so Hammond, I mean, Hammond takes it and Hammond immediately says that he needs two officers to override it. Yeah. Uh, but the computer's not reading their codes, so they can't stop it. And yeah. in just under three hours, the organism... Because now somehow the organism is taking over the computer. It, it, it hasn't necessarily or did it just taken it? over the computer. It's just like eating all the wires. Okay. So there's no connection. Gotcha. Um, and just under three hours, the organism will have enough energy to spread across the face of the earth oh, when gosh. the self-destruct goes off. Yeah. Hey, let's kill all the people. Yeah. So in the gate room, Jack says uh, that they shouldn't have brought it back. Uh, this is, you know, he tries to take responsibility. But Teal says that you can't blame yourself. The right. risks must be taken to challenge the gold. That's true. So in the infirmary, you find out that the low oxygen is working. It's slowed it by 90%. Uh, but even in a vacuum, though, it just goes dormant. So they've only bought time. So all they did was make him go to bed. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's, it's like, like pouring sleepy. smoke. It's not in bed quite yet. It's, it's just like pouring really smoke sleepy. over bees. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. kind of pacified it. Exactly. Okay. Gotcha. Um, but before she goes back to work, Janet asks that she go talk to Graham. Mm-hmm. He's not doing well. Cause she's like, how is he doing? And she doesn't move or say anything. Or anything. She's like, um, go talk to this dude that's totally in love with you. Yeah, and don't at least give him a chance. Don't ask something. me how he's doing. Give him some kind of hope. Um, and he's like, before he, he just want to say how much. And he goes, how am I doing so far? This year, terrible. And Worst s- thing ever. And Sam says he's doing just fine. Yeah, no, but he's not. Here's the thing. This is the last we hear about him. Yeah, ever. We have no clue if he survives. We or don't if he know dies. if he died or he didn't. Exactly. How shitty is this? Yeah, we have that part made me angry. Yeah, where's Graham? Yeah, we have at this point we have absolutely no clue. They did and, not and, mention this. And episode. I know that you know in the future. Don't tell me if something I happens. Not, but where is Graham? <laughs> where's Graham? He's cute. He loves Sam. He's a smart man, clearly, because he loves Sam. Yep. Where is Graham? Okay, I'm, I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm angry, and I want to know where is Graham. He didn't even say goodbye. He didn't even get a kiss. Did he even get a kiss? Nope. No. Nope. She could have even like flashed him a nip. Yeah. Anything would have worked. Seriously, like if you're t- doing a fatigue die, just like a little uh, anything. Give him something. At that point, he's dying. Although I wonder how many guys have used that line before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. Can I just see your boobs? Yeah, just one time because I'm just dying. One time I'm dying. <laughs> can I see your boobs? I can hardly see. How many guys? Wait, I can't see my visions going. I have to feel them. <laughs> yeah. Can I feel them instead? Okay. <laughs> That's definitely the beer talking now. <laughs> that was okay, not the beer going. talking. Um, so back in the control room, the computer screen starts to flicker a symbol uh, in the random data noise. It's like it's using basically the bevel of the boss feature. Yeah, it felt very MTV early in the early yeah, 80s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and only Dana sees it at first, um, mm-hmm. but it's a symbol on the artifact. He's certain that they're trying to communicate. I want, like, a second of them going back and forth being like, no, it's there. Like, like they're looking yeah. at a magic eye poster. <laughs> you just have to relax. You just, no, don't. Don't cross, cross your, your eyes. eyes. Yeah, no. Cross your eyes? Yeah, just, no, don't cross your eyes. You, okay, no. So if you're no. crossing them, then don't cross them. But if but you're it, not crossing them, then cross them. them. <laughs> but do you see it now? It looks like a boat. There's a boat, and then it's got flag. Do you see it yet? Do you see it? And they're all both like, yeah. fuck, I don't see shit. <laughs> you're crazy. Okay, I love those magic eye posters. I hate them. I never saw anything. 
Um, so Sam says maybe they're trying to communicate, uh-huh. um, but maybe it's just simple stirring the computer from the research. Uh-huh. And Daniel points out that they didn't actually start working on that part of the translation until after the computers went down. Daniel has no clue what the fuck they're trying to say. <laughs> Uh, and but he never considered that they're up against an intelligence. Uh, they've hey. been treating this like a disease the whole time. They never stopped to try and listen. Mm-hmm. So Sam's like, we should let it grow. And Hammond is really confused. They want to now increase the action levels yeah. and hit it with a new staff weapon. The exact opposite of the advice that they just gave Hammond. And Sam's like, well, we have to try. Basically, it's like, here's an idea. We're at its mercy. Let's yeah. see if it's merciful. Well, she could have said that, well, we have new information. Mm-hmm. And that seems like a logical answer. She could have she said anything, but she just, anything, but she just didn't share. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So in the gate room, they figure that uh, it's maybe only when it hits critical mass that mm-hmm. it has the power to express intelligence. And Daniel says that he couldn't translate it anyway without a point of reference. Mm-hmm. But Sam points out that maybe Jack didn't just get hit randomly. Maybe right. he was hit on purpose. And they have to cut his medication. Hammond and Teal are way against that idea. No shit. Uh, and Sam's like, Jack would want them to try this. And she thinks they've been trying to communicate to Jack all along. So they increase the oxygen to 30% above normal. Again, even scuba divers using 40% oxygen mix needs special training. <laughs> and this 30% above normal would be 51%. Whoa. Again, I'm calling bullshit. But. So what oxygen percent do we live in? Like 21%. Oh, that's good to know. 21%. <laughs> that's an important reference point there. Yeah, yeah. 21%. <laughs> it's just under. Like, it's a percentage. But okay, like, cool. It's basically 21%. Gotcha. 20 to, like, 22%. Oxygen. Like, I wonder if you're, like, in Colorado, is it, like, 19 it's less it as like, you get higher up, but at the same time, the pressure is different. That's right. We discussed that. Um, so, And that's why when when you're like mountain climbers and stuff, a lot of times they'll take oxygen and stuff. But you have less oxygen and you do... But you need less. And eventually you'll get like... You can feel you, you'll be out of breath a little bit easier. But okay. because you have less pressure, mm-hmm. it doesn't affect you in the same way as if you drop the oxygen to the so same percentage level. You're not going to get the bends. Yeah. Okay. If you drop the, per- the percentage level of oxygen at sea level to what it is, like, on top of Mount Everest, mm-hmm. you'd be dead. Okay. That makes sense yeah. now. Okay. Let's keep... Let's continue. <laughs> so, um... But Sam tells an almost unconscious Jack that if they don't know if this is gonna be a good idea or not, yeah. they, you may not survive at all. And Jack squeezes her hand as basically a go-ahead, do this. Yeah. So then she rips his IV out, which... No, <laughs> don't, no. You know, that's kind of the only way to do it. Now, my thought is, though, there's no bleeding that happens. Okay, here's the thing. When you rip an IV out. But here's the thing. She doesn't, like, she doesn't, it doesn't look like she kind of takes it out in the way that the needle goes. She basically just pulls, pulls the it tape. her, yeah. And I was like, don't, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> As someone who is not squeamish about needles, that doesn't bother me so much as like, where is the gushing blood and okay. the pressure that you should be putting I'm in I'm squeamish towards needles. I was like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Don't do no, that. No, I totally get that. I, yeah. That's actually the problem I have with IVs. It's not that it's in there. It's the physical knowledge that there's a needle in my skin. Like, well, it's that usually I, like a bendy thing. No, no, no. It doesn't, that does not matter. <laughs> it's it is like the, a little cannula. It's, it's just a little plastic bendy thing. Physical 
old knowledge that, that there's, there's something, something under your skin. And just like, oh, <laughs> just the thought of it makes me want to crawl into a corner and hide. Um, so Teal has a staff weapon. He fires at the artifact. It travels down the uh, the spike and shocks Jack. They continue that for a few times. Yeah. And at this point, Jack has no pulse. Yeah, he's done. He's what? What is he gonna do? I mean, well, what that poor man is just in pain, and now he's basically dead. He well, it, there's no pulse, so so he is dead. A few seconds later, though, mm-hmm. we get. I mean, again, there's a question of death with brain activity and everything, but he has no pulse. So uh-huh. a few seconds later, pass, and we get a crazy, echoey, deep version of. Good morning, campers. Yeah, that's not scary at all. So, what are we gonna call this alien? They Jack. It's uh, oh, let's see. Well, he's basically an alien. It's alien Jack. It's alien Jack. So I want to say it's Jalian. Jalian. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I can come up with right now. We're gonna call him Jalian. If you think of something better, please feel free. Please tweet us if you have a better name for. uh, I know you have a better name for for uh, a microscopic virus intelligence possessed Jack. Please let us know. We're highly interested. Yeah. Uh, For lack of another name, right now we're calling him (laughs) Jalian. Uh, As she says with disdain. It was not disdain. <laughs> because I had no name, so I'm going to call it. works, yeah. Um, but, and the colonel is there, but they, quote unquote, yeah. capital T, mm-hmm. are also there. Um, and they, they Jalian, I'm just going to go there. Yep. Jalian knows Hammond, since Jack does. Right. And Hammond says that uh, Jalian should know then that they don't mean them any harm. Right. Um, and they're like, the SGC woke Jalian up, and they couldn't allow them to send them back to their former world. Jack and Teal says that um, they thought they were a threat to Earth, and they feared them. Yep. And Jalian's like, that fear would have destroyed us. Mm-hmm. And they went, a millennia ago, their world was dying, and they could no longer live there, so they created an orb. And wait the fuck, because they said earlier, and they're about to say, that they've been there for hundreds of thousands of years, a millennia is a thousand. <laughs> so I think what they meant was, like, era. Sure. And not millennia. That's, Because yeah. that doesn't sync up. The wrong types. Well, maybe it was only recently that, that they were in trouble. Did they exist for thousands and thousands of years? They say, like, right here, they say hundreds of thousands of years. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. They, Plot holes. They use the wrong word. Okay. Um, but anyway, they say <laughs> that everything was written on the orb. Too bad they couldn't translate it. Daniel had one job. Daniel, one you job. You ha- always has just the one translate job. Translate the orb and you would have been fine. Yeah. Um, and as soon as they were exposed to the atmosphere of a living world, they went forth and multiplied. <laughs> By now, the way, that is a biblical term. Yes, I'm pretty is. certain that it is. It's, yes. Okay. Uh, I did not look it up, but yes, I know it's a biblical term. I'm pretty sure it's um, like Genesis. Go forth and multiply. definitely sounds like a Genesis. <laughs> Anyways, at this point, the self-destruct is four minutes. Awesome. The organism says <laughs> that they can't go back to that world, and him points out that, well, you can't stay here. You don't have to go home, but you can't. It's like the bar at the end of the yeah, night. You exactly. don't have to go home, but you, you can't, can't stay, stay here. here. Yeah. Um, and Jammin understands that, but they have no alternatives. Mm-hmm. And Hammond says that it is out of, that's out of ignorance, but this place is about to explode, mm-hmm. which, you know... Jalen has no issues with They're that. They're like, that's cool. We'll just get we'll bigger. Just have we'll just like basically eat we're, the world and then be that. big with that. Um, and suddenly Daniel yells, 
P4G881. <laughs> because, hey, that's a primordial world that they didn't get to go to, but there's lots of oxygen and sunlight, and it's perfect for them. But they can't open the Stargate without the computers. Yeah. At this point, Daniel's just like, please go somewhere. Yeah. Please, please let us let and go away. Jalen is like, they don't really understand. Like, you'd send us to this planet? And mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, we both get to live. Yeah. We'll take you there ourselves. This is a win-win. Please yeah. let us go. Yeah. And suddenly everything shuts down, including the lights. You're right. Darkness. But there's two minutes left. You know, that's a great way to react to someone that's trying to help you stay alive. Exactly. How shitty are these guests of ours? Um, so suddenly the lights turn back on. The computer's mm-hmm. rebooting. As soon as the rep, Hammond's like, starts dialing. Yeah. Uh, Sam and Hammond runs the control room. And for some reason, they don't turn off the self-destruct Why yet. would it not be the first thing you go I to? I don't know. This is the biggest issue I have with this entire Maybe they episode. just like working off of that adrenaline rush. Oh my They're gosh. Like, uh, let's just push it. So at this point, I'd like to feel alive sometimes. At this point, there's a race between the self-destruct and the dialing computer. Um, and the Starks, the spikes start to return to the artifact, including the one through Jack. Uh, both the countdown and the count up are going on at the same time. <laughs> Jack walks just, over to the just artifact. Just to make things a little more interesting. Oh my gosh. It's glowing. The gate kabooshes. <laughs> uh, Jack throws the artifact through the gate. Um, 10 seconds left in the self-destruct. Finally, Sam and Hammond start entering their codes in. Yeah. We get a 4, 3, 2, 1, and it's finally aborted. All I have to say here is, please don't typo. Yeah. Please don't put a typo Thank goodness they both took their, like, you know, typing class in high school because or whatever. Because it's like a 12-digit alphabetic you're gonna typo at that point. Yeah. That's gonna happen. Why so you need to give yourself you an extra second. Earlier? I well, don't understand. Why didn't you do the things, guys? It's the like, things. there was, even if you were worried about some, like, the, the, uh, Jammin's, Jalian, whatever. No, yeah. Jammin's, Jack, and Hammond, it's Jalian's. We've already learned that even if we have self-destructed, they wouldn't have helped with them. Well, it's so also, even if that's part of the worry. it's not an immediate threat because, A, it's not an immediate threat because, like, you can just reset the self-destruct, but more importantly, you've already realized that you can't let the self-destruct go on because it's going to infect the entire planet. Yeah, not only is it not going to help with these guys, everyone's fucked if so you do that. So why do it's not the first thing you do when you go up there is turn off the self-destruct? Reasons. Also yeah, no, I for, can't find any reason like, for that good, one either. It's also is like good uh, good show for Jillian. Mm-hmm. I, that's the part that I have the most issue with in this episode that makes no sense to me. Sure, yeah. But anyway, Jack is uh, falling down. He has, down like, the, the worst way. fall. It's yeah. Like, oh, that oh he's going down slow, that too. Hurt. Like, oh, here he goes, here he goes. He's like like a like a drunk man who just kind of totters back and forth a little. And it's like, and down. That'd hurt. Um, but Tilk and Daniel are helping him up. Sam runs up because um, they thought he was done for. And Jack responds with, Wild horses, Captain. <laughs> and they head down the, the ramp together. End of episode. The end. Holy moly, this one's... <sighs> I like this episode. I am... Okay. It's... I like these episodes that... It's not the ticking clock type thing, but it's like... There's no way out. It's like a no way out situation. I like the episodes like that, that there's definitely this. Well, these are the ones where they just, we are at the mercy of these other beings. With the exception for the weird self-destruct moment. But even then, we're kind of 
at their mercy because if we let's you know if we boil that down let's say we hit the self-destruct and then, yeah. then we all die and they're still fine yeah so we're still at their mercy well it's so i think they only left the self-destruct in there is so you could have the 10 second countdown at the end because yeah. that's dramatic well and that's what i mean but at the end of it it's it's the theme of the episode is we're not in control yeah it's not ours to control no matter what we plan for no matter what we try to do no matter how cautious we are yeah everything is not in our control i love that thought was it fully executed probably not no was it executed well i think if you wanted to have this the 10 you know four three two one countdown Mm -hmm. you could have just shifted the time and so they were racing up to the control room with 20 seconds left and enter it in and then you have, you know... There's just too many holes in this episode for me. I don't know what happens to Graham. I don't know what happens. Yeah. I, I don't I don't like the way this kind of works out where... The why. Why yeah. we undo the self-destruct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I like... You know, I like the moment with Tilk and, 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 and Jack. I love the bromance bonding in this. And and I do like the theme, but I think it can be done better. I, like, I think they did it better with the knocks. Like, yeah. if you were going to put this up there for me, then this doesn't even touch the soul of the foot that is the knocks. Yeah, I like the, I like the, I like Sam and Daniel working together as scientists, like, as yeah. the nerds in their respective fields. Sure. I liked how they had to bring but them I all together. But I expect that. So it's yes. not new. You know what I mean? And so, it yeah, is. I think this is one of the first times we've really seen them at this level. Like, yeah, I don't want to go in the field mission. I have a toy I to play to get, with. Yeah, I've been I've been up all night, and I'm going to keep being up yeah. all night. I do like that. I and do you like see that, that that same um, burn and passion is in both of them. That's now. True. Sam did relinquish and didn't fight as much simply because she has the training of. She knows well, she has she to go is, the yeah, field mission. Military she has the military discipline, and Dan is just like, no, I want to research. This is a thing I want to do forever. So yeah. I think that was they have. But the I also same... think that plays on something that's a little bit of Daniel's addictive personality. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It plays on the same thing. They have the same fire and the same and the same drive. It's just Sam knows how to compartmentalize it a she's, little bit more. She's got a different type of of of, of setting. She's she, got different yeah, settings. She can distance it a bit more and then come back to it. Where Daniel's like, once it's turned on, he this is what I. He has such a hard time turning it back off. Yep. Yeah. He he's like, I don't I don't care if the other thing is really interesting. This is a puzzle I have to figure out. Yeah. I, I can't let this Whereas go Sam, because right now I'm Sam in needs this. to figure out the puzzle, but she's fine putting the puzzle on the back burner to go do this other thing she has to do, and then she'll come back to the puzzle. Yeah. So her, her operating system's a little different. I'm pretty sure my operating system is much more of Daniel's. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I can definitely <laughs> see that. Once I get something in brain, I have to finish. <laughs> I need to finish this thing. I'm really good at putting things down. I don't know what that says about me. I don't know if that's more of like a, eh, I just don't care enough. <laughs> or, <laughs> I don't know if it's apathy or if it's sanity, but it's one of those two. I'm going to go with the second one because it sounds better. But yeah, this is, it's, it's fine. It's it a has fine some episode. really nice moments. I think it had a potential for something bigger. If it, if we, if there was a way to carry this out better, this idea that no matter what we do, we're not in control of the situation. Mm-hmm. There is- I really would have rather had that message like pounded a little harder yeah there is a um there is another sort of one-offy episode like this that comes later this season and i actually think is uh i think it's i enjoy more as a bottle episode okay Okay. Um, it has the same vibe as this, just that it is a, a self-contained bottle episode yeah. in that way. I mean, this um, one gets a plus one for undomesticated equines. This does, um, yes. And, and, and then, you know, 
Carter's crush guy. Yeah. And and kind of the curse of the, the Captain Carter crush, which yeah. is everyone that loves him like, dies. This does not have like this does not have a plot holes that drops it like in Hathor realms. It's right. just that it's a it's it's a night it's a good episode. It's just there are some plot holes. It's it's almost like I would have rather it gone to the camp of Hathor if it's gonna have these. This is what I I'm going I'm going to, I'm gonna say this. To me, I enjoyed the movie, but this, I guess, in the same way of Batman v Superman for me. Like, <laughs> Let's not go down this we're road. We're not going to go down this road. I think we're going to try to do a tangent cast on Batman Superman. <laughs> um, but it's more along the roads of this is an entertaining episode. However, if I can tighten up and change these couple things. Sure. In, in, in plot, in the story writing and plot wise, I think it could have. It could have umped it up, and you could have made this a really tense, really dramatic, really suspenseful episode. All right. I'm good with that. There's a core there that wasn't fully developed, and that's it. Let's leave it there. It doesn't go on my list. It doesn't go on your list? No, I don't think this one's going on the list. Um, I don't think this goes on this either, because if it did, it would have to drop off in the line of duty, and I definitely Mm. enjoy in the line of duty of this more... Um, I think the next thing that comes into my list is going to shake up the order of my top five. Gotcha. This is not the we episode. Do, do we count this it. as a Jack death? He had no pulse. Yes. Alrighty. So I'm we are up that. to three deaths of Jack. Commenting, they made some comment of how it's really hard to kill Daniel. Daniel and Jack are tied for death yeah. count right now at three <laughs> both. So now who's leading as far as lack of deaths? Teal'c. Ah, well, that's because way to one. go, Junior. And that was and that was the hard one. That was actually, um, I believe, that was actually Tin Man. Yeah, that's right. Um, Where everyone goes. Yeah. So, so one more Jack death. No, we we didn't count any Tin Man for any of them. No, we counted. I forget. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Teal'c has one. Okay. So Sam anyway. has two. Daniel and Jack are tied at three. Cool. So next week, we're going to come back uh, with the next episode, uh, which is Family. Okay. Um, has some... I will not say who. We oh. have some characters that we have seen before. Interesting. Coming back. I mean, with the term family, you're going to expect that you know someone. Yeah. Yeah. I hope to so, see people that we know. Uh, we do not have a future going to Stargate segment this week because uh, basically the answer to that would, what happens to Graham? And it's either a yes or no question. So <laughs> oh. I'm just going to let those of you who know if we see Graham again, take that as a, as a so given. So don't stay tuned after the music. There's don't, no hidden I mean, you can stay tuned after the music. It's just going to cut to whatever's next in your playlist, though. <laughs> it will not come back with my voice. <laughs> I dig it. Thanks, um, everyone, for listening again. Yes, thanks, everyone, for listening. You can find us on uh, Twitter at Tara Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at There's No Place Like Tara. Either one of those places. Tell us if you have a better name for Alien Possessed Jack. Yeah, Jillian is not cutting it. I'm not very proud of that one. I mean, we can't imagine this is going to be the only time Jack is possessed by an alien creature. So we couldn't... It's an 11-season run involving (laughs) aliens and it's science fiction. Absolutely. That is not a spoiler to say. That possibly Jack could be infected by an alien again. (laughs) Um, And uh, if you want to email us, it's there's no place like Tara at gmail.com. 
If you're talking spoilers, please put that in the subject line and I will redact it as if it is a CIA document going to, to Grace. Yes, please, because it's fun to read in black words. And then and then I kind of create my own Mad Libs out of it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. <laughs> um, I've seen how she's entered things in there. It's quite interesting. <laughs> Usually DuckTales references are entered into this, the black This is areas. where it happens. This is where, listen, more DuckTales all the time. Um, we would love you even more than we already do if you would be so willing to go to iTunes and rate and review us. Please, uh, please. It helps us get listeners more than you think. It really does. (laughs) We love you guys. Um, And that is it for this week. See you guys next week. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.